Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to The Spilled Tea, your place for the latest on pop culture, entertainment news, and LGBT issues. Now, here are your hosts. Welcome back to another edition of The Spilled Tea. I'm one of your co-hosts, David, and we have today Douglas. Douglas, say hi. Hello, everybody. He is no longer sick, but he is, has been very busy moving, so that's exciting and packing and doing all those crazy things that a young man of 40 should be doing, right? Of course. <laughs> and we have the diva, the grand dame, Dallas. Say hello, honey. Hello, darling. <laughs> so excited to have Dallas back. Um, every week I've been like, oh, Dallas is coming back. Oh, no, he's not. Oh, Dallas coming back. Oh, no, he's not. Well, guess what? He's back. But there is a hitch because... <laughs> Kyle is not here, so he'll be, he might join us later, but to be honest with you, Kyle's been here faithfully every week, um, give him a little break, if he comes, he comes, if he doesn't, he doesn't, and um, I know he's probably listening, love you babe, he wanted me to give you a sloppy wet kiss, Dallas. <laughs> he would so, a little bit, I think. Yes. So, let's start off with... Weekend updates before we get into your um, gay patty trip, uh, Douglas. What has your weekend been like aside from packing? Uh, that's pretty much it. But I did stop, collaborate, and listen, and go see uh, the new movie uh, with Ben Affleck called A Gone Girl. Mm-hmm. And oh my goodness, as we talked offline, uh, it's mm-hmm. just amazing and. And and the the lead actress in that was phenomenal. Uh, of course, I don't want to give any any, any twist right. or anything, but it's so good. Oh my god, was not expecting it to be that good. What do you think about it? I um I write a movie every time I write or every time I go see a movie or listen to an album or something. I write a review. This was the hardest review to write because I didn't want to give any spoilers away. So if you've read the book, it's exactly like the book because the woman who wrote the book wrote the screenplay. If you haven't read the book, I'm not telling you anything, but you do see Neil Patrick Harris bum, you do see Ben Affleck bum, and a flash of peen. So right there, I mean, it's worth the price of admission. And this boy ain't little. Ben Affleck is six foot three. Everywhere. Like, Tall and out. I mean, holy mother. Um, yeah, he did a fantastic job. And I- I'm just still in shock over it just because of how the movie played out. But, um, Wait, and, and, and of course, does. what do you think of Rosa, Rosa, Rosamund? Is her name Rosamund? Yeah, it's Rosamund Pike. I think she's going to be yes. the next big thing. Um, originally, mm-hmm. they had cast Gwyneth Paltrow in her role, which is just a safe bet. I mean, of course, Gwyneth is going to do good in it. But somehow she backed out, or I think it was when she was uncoupling. 
consciously uncoupling. So she mm-hmm. uh, backed out, and then Rosamond got it. Rosamond is going to be the next big thing. Already, I told Douglas this, and he goes, oh, she's going to be an icon. Her last ex-boyfriend before the guy she's with, Simon Woods, yeah, he gay. They broke up, and he turned <laughs> gay. I say that because now he's married to or engaged to be married to um, the guy who um, does something for Burberry. So she's a gay icon already. But she's fabulous. There we go. She's, oh, she's so good. So good. But um, I I haven't yeah. seen it. But um, do you guys oh think God. that the uh, whole like Gwyneth Paltrow potentially casting, but then they went to somebody else? Do you just think like like to me, Gwyneth Paltrow doesn't have the best reputation, and I wonder if it was like like maybe they went with somebody else just because they didn't want the movie to have her name associated with it. I know that sounds terrible, but I was just... No, no. I say no only because Alec Baldwin has the worst temper, yet this man consistently works. I mean, Gwyneth isn't that bad. She's a solid actress. I just... I feel like this was a safe bet, number one. And number two... Putting her in a movie with her ex-fiance would be so incredibly awkward. So I don't know how Rosemond got attached, but I'm so glad she did. She was fantastic. You, you and the Hubster need to need to see it because you'll just you'll audibly gasp. I audibly gasped in the movie, like I, my I did heard, twice. Like I was in church. Yeah, amazing movie. Amazing movie. Definitely should see it. Um, aside from your, um, oh, sorry, Doug. Was there anything else that you did exciting? Oh no, no, no. I uh, I signed my lease on my place. I'm staying here locally. I'm not going to uh, to uh, California. I mean, California. I'm not going to Los Angeles after all. So I'm gonna stay up here in Bakersfield where I'm at. And uh, I got my own place, so it's gonna be nice to have my own place for a whole year, no roommates, no dogs, no issues, just me and my writing now is going to be my focus once I move. You got to crawl before you walk. Mm-hmm. Do you still have I'm sorry, Dallas, what would you say? I'm just saying to Doug, does he still have his cat? No, when I, when I left the last place, I had to adopt him out because um, she wouldn't let me have one here. And that sucks. But I found him a good home. But I'm gonna get. I did find out that they do allow cats. So once I'm settled and financially settled and everything and into the groove, I'm definitely gonna get me a new uh, a new baby to to love for long term. And let's hope this cat isn't the devil. Um, right. <laughs> and guess who? Guess who uh, sauntered in? Hmm. Miss New Sorry. Yorker. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Shit, it's okay. shit happens. It's okay. I was saying later, not like two minutes later. Um, well, no, no, was, it's only because... Go ahead. Go ahead. No, it's only because it's like I'm en route, and I figured I could call in real quick just to say hi to Dallas. I miss him so much. I'm so glad he had an amazing vacation. I want to hear all about it, but it's like I know my time is limited, but I just wanted to at least check in because I love you guys so much. Aww. Aww. Pokey. <laughs> well, real quick, how was your weekend? Me? 
Kyle? Yeah. It was nice. It was nice. I had a great time on Friday. Spent some time with some friends. I went to see Gone Girl. If some of you saw my Facebook, I did go see the movie. But other than that, it's been kind of laid back and meeting new people through friends. So it's been a nice weekend. But thank you. We, it's been good. We were just talking about that. Me and Doug. About Gone, about Gone yeah. Girl? Yeah. It was yeah. Good. Very good. Um, we didn't say any spoilers, but um, we just we, we loved it and we audibly gasped like a couple times <laughs> Very good. Um, Dallas, my love, aside from getting reacclimated this week, what did you do this weekend? Uh, yesterday we had quite um, a busy day. Like we every Saturday morning we sort of do like our our chores, like we like clean the house and we go get our weekly supply of groceries and and whatnot. And then we had um, haircuts in the afternoon, and then um, in the evening some of our neighbors. It's another gay couple that lives like maybe three blocks away. They just randomly popped over and uh, said hi and had a glass of wine, and they got a new dog yesterday. And so the dog was here, and I've never seen my precious little Jorge ever be so violent in all of time. And we've had we've had mice in the house, in this house, mm-hmm. we had a mouse last, last fall, and Jorge wasn't even that violent with the mouse, let me just say that. He was like, I've never heard my cat hiss like that, and he, he tried to claw the dog, and so I had to put him in the house. Yeah, it was quite traumatic for my poor little guy. But otherwise, it was it oh. was a lovely weekend so far. Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. Oh, poor Jorge. Yeah. But the thing is, with with Jorge, he's bigger than a mouse, so he can dominate that. He's not bigger than the dog, so he's like, what yeah. the hell? You know what I mean? And and he's never um, been around dogs before. So I mm-hmm. think he, he was just scared. Poor thing. Oh. Yeah. So all oh, morning, pacing back and forth between the two windows that he looks out of, like making sure everything was okay. Yeah. And it is, of course. But how about you, David? What have you done this weekend? Um. Well, I saw Gone Girl and I was stunned. I um. Cleaned up my DVR because I got pretty busy this week. Um, anytime I go over to my sister's house during the week, I'm, like, backed up for a day. And I don't care because I love going over there. But So I actually watched the new um, CBS show with um, Dylan McDermott called Stalker. And it was basically Scream for television. It was so good. Kevin Williamson mm-hmm. is brilliant. Um, what was that? Mm-hmm. Oh, I was just Kevin Williamson with you. Is, Yeah, Kevin Williamson is the guy who made Dawson's Crack, um, The Faculty, um, The Following. I made him one other one. I forgot. But he's the vampire an diary. writer. Oh, duh. The Vampire Diaries. And he's just amazing at creating psychotic people and Already, I know who's going to be the lead psycho. I mean, this kid is just, oh, my God. I, I just love it. Maggie yeah. Q is phenomenal. I yeah. think 
Dylan McDermott's character has Asperger's because he said something to Maggie Q, like he just like, introduced himself as a new detective and he's like, you, you already don't like me. And she's like, why would you say that? He goes, because for a second I stared at your breast and I, I know I wasn't supposed to. And he just goes on and on. I'm like, what's up with this dude? That's not like normal speak. So I'm thinking yeah. that his character has like Asperger's or something. But um, he favored my tweet, y'all. Thank you. Um, God, he's so hot. But other than that, yeah, just packing. We share the same birthday, by the way. Get over it. He's much too old Um, for you. I'm sorry. I don't care how Mm -hmm. old he is. He and I have the same birthday, which is October 26th. For all you listeners and fans, Kyle's birthday is (sighs) soon. Scorpio, yeah, but Kyle, Scorpio, Kyle will never Scorpio. go for him because he's not young enough to be his son. So Kyle has his fetish of father son thing. Just you know, it's okay. okay. We love you. Shut up. <laughs> Call that you, out. You naughty, naughty person. <laughs> Ooh, I think Kyle burned himself on. Them. Well, no, now, now you have anyway. to think I'm some pedophile. Thank you very much. I would totally screw I Dylan McDermott. I did not Dermot. say that. FYI. I, well, first of all, he's a top, so you're not screwing anything. Second of all, he's mine, and I'll call you damn eyes out. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, so that was my weekend. But I think we should get started on the topic that's the princess in the room. How the hell was Paris? Dallas. It was amazing. I Deep. I I love the city. I kept saying to Colton as we were walking around, like I could live there. Mm-hmm. I I really could have moved there like instantly. And I mean, I don't know any French, so someone, would, some boy there would have to teach me how to speak French. But mm-hmm. I could live there. It was it was just amazing. You would have to get like a French houseboy, so that would that would work in your favor. Well, and then he, we would have to communicate, so that's how I would learn the language, which is fine. I could do that. Now, what was your favorite part of Gay Patty? Did you do all the touristy things, like the yeah, locket bridge? Yeah, we did do and... a lot of touristy things. Like we did, mm-hmm. um, like the Eiffel Tower, obviously, and mm-hmm. um, Notre Dame and Napoleon's tomb. And um, was that a short tune? Oh, sorry. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> sorry, I have to. It's shockingly large for such a song. Wow, like shocking. Has that large. complex? So yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, if I had to pick a favorite part, um, gosh, I don't know. Uh, I, I I really just loved um, walking in the city and seeing mm-hmm. like block after block after block of these beautiful old like hundreds of years old buildings that are still mm-hmm. used and and um, like like being born and raised in Canada Canada is such a young country compared mm-hmm. to. Europe and and so to see these buildings that you know are older than, than probably the city I live in and the country I live in it's it was just amazing and 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 beautiful like we we 
today I don't think we build buildings or especially churches that that look like they did at that time that you know Paris was being built. Right. And, uh, so just taking, I I really just love that like old city beauty that Paris had to offer. And did you go to Chateau Merval and see the wedding? No. Angelina Jolie and Brad got married. They live in Paris. Tragically, no. Tragically. Oh, my God. I want to go to that wedding. Um, I think they got married the time you were out there, too. So, I mean, it's not a leap of, you know, ridiculousness that I asked that question. Um, you know, the thing is, too, is, like, no matter where in the city you go, there are tons of people. Always, mm-hmm. like driving and and walking and and on the trains, like it's it's like there's so many people there. So even if um, there was someone famous like walking around, I I wouldn't mm-hmm. have even noticed just because there's so many people around. And there isn't like paparazzi stalking the streets or anything, right? No, no, I didn't. That's nice. Like that, so. A lot of celebrities want to move there because of that. Yeah, and it's much more, Mm -hmm. um, it seemed much more laid back. You know, like Mm -hmm. a lot of people, it didn't seem like they started working until like maybe 11 or 12. Hmm. And then they work later because usually like in Europe, dinner time isn't until 8 p.m. So a lot of people would be getting off work 7, 7.30-ish. And then they just go right to mm-hmm. dinner, sort of like we do here in North America. But we just get off, you know, four or five, and then we go and have dinner. It's just a little right. bit more out there. Hmm. Interesting. That's another culture I I am so fascinated by. Every time I think of Paris, I think of two things: Dan Brown and Donna Martin and Brenda Walsh, and how. Donna Martin, eight brains, cow brains. Those are my two things with Paris. I don't know why, but I can't wait to visit and potentially eat cow brains and um, go to the Louvre and ask to be led down to see Mary Magdalene's tomb. Um, yeah, that should be exciting. Yeah. I Kyle, Kyle or Doug, have you guys ever been? What? Have you guys ever been to Gay Patty? Um, I've been twice, and I agree with um, Dallas. It's an amazing city where, and I think David and I were talking about this last weekend, it's like um, the first time I went, it was raining, and I was talking, I was with my roommate, and I kept saying, it's raining, but we're in Paris. You know, it's like uh-huh. it's, this, it's this totally amazing city where no matter what's going on or what's happening, it's like you feel and look around and that you're in this beautiful city where it's like it's got this an, an incredible atmosphere about it and it's like granted it's like I had just gotten back from London and the difference between London and Paris is kind of like you know you go to London and the fashion is kind of sloven and then you go to like New York and people are walking around in heels and dressed up I mean people it's kind of like New York like people go to the next step when they go out of their house in Paris. And the thing about Paris that's amazing to me is, like, 
everywhere you walk, it's culture, it's beauty, it's the um, uh, right side place. I mean, it's just amazing. It's like, I I mean, and I speak very little French. My roommate spoke no French, but we got along so well in the city because you meet the right people and you just, people want to speak English, but you have to address them at least in French to kind of mm-hmm. show that you're putting out some effort as opposed to just assuming, no, this is perfect, that English is, is the end-all be-all. Yes, oh, I, I would agree. Are we keeping you from the drive-in? <laughs> are, are we keeping you from having a McDonald's extra value meal or something? What's going on? Thank you. Thank you. Good night. What, what the hell? Totally. Oh, yeah, you got it. No, I'm sorry. I was in Uber and I was I was arranging my transportation. Okay. Who's are you going to get fries with that? Um, uh, no, I'm uh, I'm heading down the street now. So anyway, to echo what Dallas said, the fact that you were there, A, with your boyfriend and husband is amazing because it's such a romantic city. I was there with a good friend of mine, and granted, you know, we were not romantically involved, but it's just such an amazing city that you walk around and you just want to be romantic there because it's just it just envelops you. It really does. And to anyone that's never been there, it's like you don't have to speak French, but I'm I, I I kid you not, it should be on everyone's bucket list because it's one of those cities that everybody should go to. And it's it's and just, it's expensive. I'm not gonna lie, but if right. you can go there, if you ever can go there, you really should. And just an FYI, Blue Ivy and North were both conceived there, so. That should make it even more awesome okay, for I, you. I just muted well, for a second when I said the F word, but I can't believe you brought those two names. I did. It's a fact. Uh, Deal with it. And I'm sure little little Zach Richard will be conceived there as well. Okay? <laughs> uh, so next weekend when I have a dinner party at Surrey Cruz's house, I'm going to tell Surrey, like, hi, Surrey, oh, you're just as alien as Blue Ivy. Oh my god! <laughs> That's just cruel. Way harsh, Kyle. Way harsh. Um, Kyle, may I ask you? May I ask you a question, Kyle? Of course. Um, first off, hi. How are you, honey? Um, hey, how, how are you? I'm, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> See how nice I can be when when David's not talking to me. Yeah. Well, I, well no, the, the reason you were why very I asked was. Um, on the on the recent episode on the on the some of the final episodes of um, Chelsea lately, she talked about Uber, and you mentioned just using it. How is that for you, especially in New York? Um, I've only used Uber a couple times in New York. I was a big fan of it in San Francisco, only because the cab situation in San Francisco um, sucks a donkey dick. I'm sorry, it's just yeah. awful. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I honestly. If I could do Uber every day instead of a cab, I would. Yeah. Cabs are dangerous. Ubers are mm-hmm. definite. Cabs, yeah. in, what I've learned in New York, you have to get into the cab first mm-hmm. and, then t- and then tell them where you're going. Because if you don't, they could deny you and then you're going nowhere. That's where I'm going. And anyway, 
But Uber, Another? Uber at least, Uber is it's like it's set for you. It's your, mm-hmm. it's your place. So I love Uber. I mean, yeah. you may pay a little extra, but it's totally worth it. Don't no, no, have people... Uber in Canada yet? No. But no, we you and you guys probably have a car though, so you don't probably need cabs or anything else. Or do you? Do you cab at all? It's um, interesting to get we... another perspective. The only time we would ever uh, take a cab is if we went out somewhere. And right, you didn't want to drive. Spring. Right. Yeah, which which isn't actually that often, really, that we we take a cab. So for listeners oh, out there, what is what is Uber, Kyle? Uber's basically it's a des, it's a designated cab. Is what? Am I on the right street? What the hell am I? Um, Uber. <laughs> well, the hell is going on? <laughs> Uber is a Uber basically is a is a hired car service, but it's not as it's not as fancy as that. It's more like a hired taxi service where you can you download the app. You put in your credit card information, and you call them, and they're designated to pick you up. You can track them, how they pick you up, where you need to go, and it's automatically billed to your debit card, your credit card. So if you're getting out of, say, like a concert or something, and everybody's trying to get a cab, you do an Uber, they're going to confirm, and they're picking you up, you up directly. So it's a little bit more personalized. But it's basically mm-hmm. it's a personal cab cab service. I think it's like it's a hired car, but it's a little bit more personalized. Oh, that's cool. All right, all right. Go go ahead. I just wanted to ask you about it. Well, a cabbie actually, and this is awful. A cabbie killed Bette Midler's sister in New York. Just to let you know, oh, those cabbies are dangerous. I did, yeah. I did not know about that. Uh huh. So anytime you see cabs coming. Back up on that street, or that, that sidewalk, excuse me. Don't get in the street because they do not care. They literally do not care. So just be careful out there, Kyle. Now, you know what? Looking after you. As, a, as a fan of Bette Midler, I will make sure to stay out of any cab, cab driver's um, range of fire. Thank you. And also, I mean, Zach Efron, I mean, he really can't make love to an invalid. You know what I mean? I'm just trying to help you, your per- your penis, everything. I'm helping everybody out right now. Sheesh. And I appreciate oh. You're welcome, dear. Um, and same. Speaking, speaking of celebrity weddings, going back a little bit, um, how does everybody feel about George Clooney getting married finally? He got married last weekend. To this girl, I love that, that, ga- for... I love that gays can get married. <laughs> oh shit! It got real. Oh, I was about to say the same God. thing, but okay. Okay, first of and, all, and isn't isn't his bride me. someone that would sign a contract, Katie Holmes? Okay. Of course, honey, of you're course. confusing George Clooney with Tom Cruise. Dif- completely um, different. First, no, name. I'm not, sweetie. No, I'm not. Mm. Oh, okay. So, anyways, <clears throat> I just find it a little strange that George, since the 90s, was like, I'm never getting married again, because he got married once before. He was married very 
very shortly to a woman who actually was divorced from Antonio Sabato Jr. Um, her name is Talia something. Talia exactly. Boston. I don't remember. Sure. Whatever. Um, so he got divorced from her, and he was like, I'm never getting married again. I'm never doing it again. Oh, sorry. Oh, girl. Sorry, I, I saw my friends, and I was like, I forgot I was not on mute. Oh, trust me. We know you saw your friends. Either that or you just got a Humvee. Anyway, um, so he said that he wasn't going to get married. He's dated women for years. He had one girlfriend for three years. Did not marry her. Actually dated Stacey Kriegler as late as last year. They broke up after two years of dating. He meets Amal, and they get married within months of meeting each other. Don't you find that odd? Contract. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, honestly, my reaction was, oh, my God, she's pregnant. But he didn't want kids. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Probably the same person that's going to, that carried Beyonce's baby. <laughs> um, no. I just, Who? I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on with George. I, I feel like I don't know him anymore. I'm upset. I'm depressed. I'm bewildered. Mystified. <sighs> anyway, Dallas, any thoughts? Um. Well, I just think you know. I think because he he has waited so long to get married. I I I actually think that this might be one of those Hollywood relationships that actually lasts because I mean he he could have had anyone. And so the fact that he's decided to settle down with this woman, I, I would only oh. think that it would it would you know, hopefully last. I guess that's my and the, and the funny part is he is friends with Nicole Kidman, whom he worked with in the Peacemaker. Not the Peacemaker, Kyle. Um, and also with um, Michelle Pfeiffer from One Fine Day. Both of them bet him, like, I, I don't know, like a hundred or something dollars that he would get married again by 40, and he didn't. So they're like, oh, he's never getting married. He's never getting married. And well, no, they got married again. To a smart, attractive, philanthropic, Lebanese woman, like completely not who we thought he would end up with, and that's just cool to me. Um, speaking of gays, I can't believe you guys called George Clooney gay. I'm still not over that. Um, Can I just add a little something on the wedding? Sure. Uh, oh my God! After it the siren goes. <laughs> it doesn't matter what coast he's on or what country or continent he's on. It's going to be pop stars, Patty Wagon's going. I think it's him. I really think it's him because something's up with that. Maybe movie. he's on. He's on the run, guys. He's on the run. Oh Maybe my that God. booty is so illegal that anywhere he goes, the police is trying to show up and arrest his ass. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to have to say goodbye now, so... 
I've Bye. been taken away. Well, it was nice Bye, to I'll hear from you. in prison. No, you guys, it's like, I, I wish I could have chatted more, and I know that you, David especially, wish you could say more about me, um, because oh, he oh, wants to do so. And I know, and I'll listen to the conversation this time and find out what that bitch has to say about me, but I just want to say, Doug, it was very nice to hear from you in Dallas. I'm so glad that you had an amazing time, and I look forward to hearing all about your Paris trip, and I'm glad you guys had an amazing time, because it's such such an amazing city, so... Congratulations. Okay. I sincerely, sincerely wish you guys all the best. Thank you. That's all right, sweet. bye. And David, you know, there's nothing more I need to say. <laughs> I'll see your trick ass <laughs> next week. <laughs> bye, love. Um, bye, Kyle. So, what were you going to say, Doug? Sorry. Oh, no, I was just going to, I was just going to say, um, I was watching The View this week, and uh, Rosie Perez was uh, talking about something, and they were talking, they were mentioning about this, uh, you know, how these weddings are so like multi-million-dollar weddings. Like, you know, uh, this one approximately cost thirteen million dollars. Um, you know, they they rented out a resort, which was one point six million dollars. And what and what I was kind of what I was kind of thrown out was, you know, and and this is something that she had said as well. And I've been saying this for years, especially back when Jim Carrey was in his heyday and was getting twenty million dollars per movie. Why can't these people, these celebrities, have a like toned down wedding where they can use that money for people that need it? And I, I know that's not. I'm no. I'm no celebrity, so I, I can't imagine. You know the mindset that people have. But there are there are people out there that do use their money and and help charities and help hunger and open up schools in Africa and et cetera, et cetera. But it just seems like this elaborate weddings that we see, like the Beyonces and the George Clooney's and and such that are just so like $20 million or more. I mean, couldn't that money be used for other other things? You know, do, do you get what I'm saying here? Do, do you get what I'm trying to express? Well, actually, Brad and Angelina's wedding was held on the grounds of their home, Chateau Marival. They had been planning this wedding since they got engaged. They built a chapel, so it was right in the chapel on the grounds of their home. Her dress was a regular dress, but then she had the designer put in sayings and drawings from her kids into her dress. So I'm hearing that that wedding was, like, really cheap. Like, expensive for us, cheap for Hollywood. Do you know what I mean? There wasn't a lot Mm -hmm. of guests. Her dad wasn't even invited. Um, Yeah, I... I'm thinking that that was the wedding that you're exactly talking about because when they released photos of their wedding, they donated it to some charity or some clinic. So you're basically talking about them. They are an amazing couple, and I'm just so, so happy they're together. I think they show people in Hollywood how it's done. You you know what else? I, I, I also don't think that it's just a Hollywood thing. Right. To to go over the top with their wedding, like I know in mm-hmm. in Canada there was this TV show on for a while, um, and it was I think it was called like The Richest Bride or something, and it had you know just like regular everyday people and how much money spend on their wedding, and like mm-hmm. some of these people would be spending you know like two hundred thousand dollars on their wedding, which you mm-hmm. know for 
an average couple is a crazy amount of money to be spending on your wedding. Right. But I think, Back in the I think day, there's just talent that, 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 you know, some people just go all out on their wedding day. Well, back in the day in America, it was tradition for the the um, father of the bride to pay for everything, mm-hmm. everything. But now it's more of a independent thing where what we have now, and I don't know if you guys have it in the West Coast, but we have in the East Coast, it's called the Jack and Jill, where you sell tickets to um, the, um, the a party for the engaged couple. The proceeds go towards the wedding, and when you go to the the party, the Jack and Jill party, you can um, win prizes, you drink, you have food, you have fun, and all that stuff. So um, it's more of the couples are raising it themselves now, but it used to be the the father of the bride paid for everything. So the, the girls would go crazy with their weddings, but now that we have people paying for their own weddings, you see it is much more, I guess, demure. But the thing that I can't stand is destination weddings because I'm a broke bitch, all right? I am a broke bitch, and I have been single since I came out of the womb. So I don't have a boyfriend to share the cost of a trip with. I have to pay for everything myself. So not going to lie to you, when I have a friend who has a destination wedding, Sometimes I pass because I just, I don't feel like paying $500 just myself to go out to a wedding. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't do drugs. I don't party at clubs. So how much fun am I going to have, you know? But I hear you. I hear my wedding is going to be cheap. I'm going to do it like Carrie Bradshaw and Mr. Big. I'm going to go down to the justice of the peace, and we are just going to hitch it. Of course, I do want my justice of the peace to say one crucial thing. I now pronounce you husband and husband. You may change your Facebook status. If they don't say that, then he's out the door. But that is a must. He has to say that. Or she. So. Um, but, yes, yeah, speaking of um, weddings and whatnot, um, preparations for weddings, there was a lesbian couple in the U.S., um, really not sure of the state. I can look that up. But um, this lesbian couple went to a bakery. And they said, can you make our cakes for our wedding? And the owner said, no, it's against my religious beliefs. So the lesbian couple said, you're discriminating against me. Filed a lawsuit against them. The woman had to shut down business because not only was she being sued, but it got out that, you know, she wasn't, um, catering to lesbian couple. So the question is, when you are in a business and you want customers, is it okay to say, you know what, I'm not going to serve you because of my religious beliefs, whatever that person is? Or do you say, you know what, screw my religious beliefs, give me that money? What do you guys think? Go, go ahead, Dallas. Well, I I just think that's I I think it's really tough because I mean if if you are religious, you know usually you you take that religion into every aspect of your life, whether 
you know, you go to work every day or whether you, you know, every every part of your life you, you take your religion with you. So I sort of feel bad for the business owner because I don't think saying, like really what she should have said, she should have just lied, frankly, and said, you know, I, I'm too booked to have to make the cake in time for your wedding and everything would have been fine. And, you know, the other thing I that has come into my mind is like, this lesbian couple, you know, they they probably should have done more research um, about the bakery and, and the owners to see if they were gay-friendly to start with. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, why why would you um, not look into that if, if it's not openly accepted everywhere in, in the city you live? Why wouldn't you look to see which bakeries are gay-friendly before you go and ask someone to make your wedding cake? Um, like, don't get me wrong, I, I think a lot of religion that that is opposed to homosexuality needs to be looked at and addressed because it's it's just a way of life. But, um, yeah, I, I sort of sympathize with her because if, if she feels that strongly about it, then... You know, she she was just being honest. I guess, I guess if if she was rude about it, then maybe the lesbians have a point. But I don't know. I mm-hmm. I would have done more research if I was in the lesbian couple to right. to make sure that you know this is a a gay friendly establishment first of all. Right, because if it if you're Jewish, you're gonna want to go to a kosher bakery. So why wouldn't you? Why would you just assume that everybody... Right, I understand your point. I didn't think of that, actually. And it was in Oregon, the state of Oregon, that this happened. Um, Douglas, what is your thought? Well, gosh, this is is just tough. This is is tough. Um, uh, I agree, you know, maybe look in the LGBT yellow pages online to see a a, a gay family, you know, gay... gay, uh, friendly uh, bakeries perhaps maybe but nonetheless you are a paying customer despite what you do in your private life and the owner is in the business to make money um doing this has now resulted in her them her and her husband losing their you know having to shut down because they're being sued for hundred fifty thousand dollars uh, now mm-hmm. these two these two uh, women's names have been dragged all over the place, uh, in, in, as well as the owners of the of, of the sweet cakes, which is the name of the bakery. You know, so it's just really a uh, it's it's kind of like a, a, a teeter totter here because you know they nobody wins. Pay, they should have exact nobody wins, and and mm-hmm. and I doubt they're. I mean, who knows if they're even going to win their case for hundred fifty thousand? But now, but, but for right. me. If that was me, of course, I would have done research. But, and for example, these two ladies now have the memories of their wedding to be always now going to be reflected and remembered upon this this, this disaster, perhaps, perhaps you can call it. Um, so it's it's sad. It's sad. It's a, it's just a sad situation, and, I, and I'm really uh, I'm I'm sorry for them. And then apparently, I mean, people who you know, the couple who who own the place, you know, said that. Uh, I mean, quite frankly, they didn't just harass us. They harassed the other wedding vendors that we do business with. They cut off our referral system, so we had to shut the shop down. So, I mean, mm-hmm. there's really, I don't, I, I really don't know what else to say. It's just, it's, it's sad. I'm sorry to, I'm sorry to hear that. I'm sorry for them, for the, uh, the couple, and and 
you know, I hate to say it, I'm also kind of sorry for the people who who did it because they could have handled it differently. They, they could have handled mm-hmm. it differently. Well, I think both well, that means- really could have handled it differently, right? Like, mm-hmm. the, the couple yeah. should have been doing their research. And yeah. like I said, I think, I think if the shop owner had not said, you know, your relationship is against my religion, all she had to say was, you know what, we're too busy right now. We wouldn't be able to get the cake done on time. And boom, there's well, there's no lawsuit. And, and you sort of, you know, get out of help, you know, assisting people that maybe you don't feel comfortable assisting. But, you know, I think I really long for the day, like, just worldwide, when it's not, um, like, religion or straight people versus mm-hmm. gay people, when, it, when it's just mm-hmm. people interacting with other mm-hmm. people, regardless of any, you know, anything that makes someone different. Like, we, we really... Uh, on a global scale, we really should be celebrating people's differences. You know, right. whether it's you know, the color of your skin or your sexual orientation or your religion. But I feel like there's there's so much um, animosity about mm-hmm. any little differences that people have, and and it's it's just sad to me. Well, let me channel Kyle really quickly. I was at first shocked, and I said, the owners are stupid. They are stupid for doing this. But in listening to Dallas, I do have to place blame on the lesbian couple. Here's why. So Matt Damon leaves his wife and four kids and asks me to marry him. I say, of course. Let's get married. The first thing that David would do instinctually, and thank you for pointing this out, Dallas, would be to look up different gay-friendly wedding venues, cake vendors, just everything gay-friendly. I totally would, and I, I totally understand that. If I was one of, if Matt and I walked into that bakery and they said, we're not going to serve you because... It's against my religious belief. You know what I would probably do? I would probably turn into Bonquiqui. I would say, fuck you and your mama too. And I would walk out. What I wouldn't do is I wouldn't devise a plan to assault these people, ruin their business, ruin their, their likelihood, ruin their name, and then say, you're discriminating against me. I have a lawsuit. Let's pay for that wedding, Matt. You don't need to spend a dime. I know you're worth millions. Let's pay for the wedding when we sue these people. Because guess what? These people don't have $150,000. Personally, I feel like this is them going to the extreme. Now, it is also the bakery's fault because they should have advertised Christian bakery. If they did that, only Christians would be going to that bakery. But they didn't do that. This couple probably heard, what's a good place? They asked a friend, maybe a friend at work, who was probably a straight couple, what's a good place to get our wedding cake done? Sweet cake. Okay, we'll go down there. Let's go. They went down there. They, The conversation was what it was. 
for the lesbians to go behind their back and talk to different wedding vendors is, I believe, harassment and a null and void their case. At first, I was on their side. After I read that, I was like, no. That is just awful. That is well, and awful. You, know, you know what else I, I find is a really big difference between living in Canada and, I mean, being in Canada, you know, we get so much of the news that goes on mm-hmm. in the States, but in, in the U.S., it it just comes across like no matter what the situation is, mm-hmm. you guys do each other. Like you guys, can make, yes. you guys in yes. the States can make a lawsuit out of mm-hmm. anything. And that that stuff mm-hmm. really honestly does not go on in Canada. Like you, to sue somebody in Canada, like you really have to have a strong case. Like it, it's, it's not an everyday occurrence here. Or I feel like hearing news on the States, it's like people are suing mm-hmm. each other, you know, Dallas, five days. Let me tell you, in the 80s, this woman went to McDonald's with a hot cup of coffee, put it between her legs, it scorched her leg. She sued McDonald's and won. And she, yeah. And yeah, won I, because I they, they heard well. that they did an investigation saying that the temperature of the coffee was too hot and it's scalding. Now, if you see a cup of coffee from McDonald's, it says caution hot on it because of that woman. Yeah. Ridiculous. Who in their right mind would put coffee between their legs? Stupid, you're going to burn yourself. Like, <laughs> seriously? Think. But, you know, these lawyers, they, they do what they want to do, and they get these little sneaky things. I personally, if I was on the jury, I would say, lesbians, you had a case until you harassed the vendors. That's when you, you were malicious and you were out for blood. And this is not a blood thing. They said they wouldn't serve you because of their religion. You should have walked out and went to another bakery. But instead, you wanted to pay for an upgraded wedding. So now you're suing these poor people. And you know, I think Awful. I think if if they had just walked out, you know, mm-hmm. the, the lesbians alone could have done so much mm-hmm. like damage to the bakery's reputation just by word of mouth and just right. by social media. You know, if if right. each couple is on Facebook, if each couple is on Twitter, you would, you know, send that stuff out there. Stuff like that on my Twitter gets hundreds of retweets. And and you know, like I think I think that alone would have hurt the business mm-hmm. as opposed to, you know, suing them for, you know, hundred and fifty grand. How many times have Doug and I and you, Dallas, actually no, you're not on Facebook. But how many times have Doug and I seen receipts? of people leaving uh, a credit card bill without a tip. And the restaurant said, it's okay to do that. These people didn't sue them for a tip. They just put it out on social media. And these people got blasted. So had they done exactly what you said, that would have been, that would have been my response. I would have went hot-ass mess on them on social media. I would, oh, don't go to this bakery. They don't like us gay. I may have even thrown in, I was wearing an Afro pick, and they don't like black people either. I may have. I may have. I don't know yet, you know. Um, <laughs> no, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have done that. But, um, yeah. Meanwhile, and, Doug and I would have been like, it's because we're white. Yeah, you probably would have. 
<laughs> and Doug would have been like, it's because I'm a ginger. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they think I'm soulless. I'm not. Um, speaking of the black card, I don't know if you heard about this, Dallas, or even Doug. This lesbian, another lesbian couple, the went to a sperm bank and mm-hmm. wanted to get artificially inseminated. They're a white mm-hmm. couple, blonde hair, blue eyed, beautiful couple. Very average, you know. They get artificially inseminated. One of them gets artificially inseminated. They go through the labor. Healthy baby girl. Oh my God, that's great. The baby comes out, mixed race. The sperm bank mixed up the samples. So instead of a blonde-haired, blue-eyed baby that they wanted because they wanted the baby to resemble one or, if not both, of the mothers, the baby came out mixed race, Mm -hmm. not looking like either one of them. Now, they love their daughter, Peyton. They love her to death. Of course they do. But they are suing the sperm bank for wrongful insemination, Sorry, I giggle every time I think of that. Oh, God. Because it sounds like wrongful termination. Get it? <laughs> Sorry. Not oh, funny, you're such but, a comedian. It, it, um, no, no, but, what, but what's upsetting about this is the fact that this happened in 2012. Why are they suing them two years later? Because here's the thing that they are saying. They're saying... Sorry, it's not funny. It's not funny, but they're saying in their suit that they have been scarred by this because now they have to travel hundreds of miles away to get the baby's hair done because she's a black baby and she has special hair. And they must now move into a more diverse neighborhood, but when they go to these diverse neighborhoods, they're discriminated against. So that's why they're suing now, because they didn't have these challenges before when she was a baby. Mm-hmm. So the $50,000 that on their they're side, suing for, what is that going to be for? <laughs> what do they want out of $50,000? Um, it's wrongful insemination, Doug. <laughs> yeah. Well... You know, the, the the white man was number known as number 380, and the sperm that was used for the insemination was number 330, which is a black donor. It was just a mix-up. You know, Sheila Carter had done it before on Bowling Beautiful, so I mean, it happens. Doug, were you working at the sperm bank? How the hell do you know this? <laughs> because I did, girl, I, I did my research when you sent out that, when you told when you posted what the topics were about. I mean, I did my research, too, but I wasn't in the sperm sampling case. Yeah, I'm good. He's thorough. No, but I feel I was on their side up until they said the mileage thing. Come on. Who cares about that? (laughs) My thing is I am so happy that this happened. Here's why. If they had a blonde-haired, blue-eyed baby, I don't think they'd be moving to the hood. I don't think they'd be trying to be as diverse as they're going to be. I think this is going to be amazing and experience. And I think what they should do is they should throw a welcoming party saying, you know what, hey, we're the white gay couple. We have a black child, a mixed race child. Can you help us? Please let us in your homes. Fix us some black IPs. I want to try some collard greens and chitlins. Let me know what dark and lovely is. <laughs> 
can we watch Will Smith on The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? Like, give me a rundown of black culture because I'm going to need it. I'm going to need it because I have a mixed-race baby. That's what I think they should do. I don't want this to traumatize or affect the baby. I know he's just, uh, she's only two years old, but this is... Mm-hmm. Be thankful you, I mean, I know it's a big, major mistake, you know, with what they ask for. It's like, you know, asking for a pizza with pepperoni and you get it with sauce. It's totally different than what you expect. But be thankful you have a healthy, beautiful, lovely little two-year-old. Mm-hmm. I mean, be thankful for that. Yes, there was a major mix-up. Do what you got to do regarding the law, law or whatever, you know, because what they did. But so many people out there are dying for having kids just as they were trying to right. have children. And some of them aren't, aren't able to have children. So be thankful. So there's a there's two, you know, once again, just with this story, there's, be thankful. Mm-hmm. Dallas, and, you Don't know, complain about it. I, Go ahead. I, I just think that, again, this is another one of those things that I was just saying, where the U.S., you can sue over anything. Yeah. And, like, is it a big mix-up? Absolutely. But, you know, you gave birth to this child, if you didn't want a mixed-race baby, as soon as you saw it, you would know it's a mixed-race baby. You you have options then to be like, well, there was a screw-up. I don't want a mixed-race baby. I'm going to give it up for adoption. The fact mm-hmm. that you are loving this child, which of course you do because you gave birth to it, but you feel like you have to sue because of the mix-up. To me, you don't love your child any differently because it's not what you imagined he or she would be you know i think everybody has an image of what their child may look like but reality is that you you everyone is born uniquely and and you it's not something you can control and i i don't know i think i think this is another thing where this lawsuit is completely ridiculous i mean like doug said you have a happy healthy baby love this child that you have and and that's that. Like, just think about what this is going to do to the child. You know, like think mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. fast forward like fifteen years. Mm-hmm. If if this daughter's like, oh mom, where did you guys get that lump sum of money? And you know, oh they're like, oh we sued because they they gave us the wrong sperm and we wanted a blonde haired baby, not mm-hmm. like like. How how is that conversation going to happen? These people mm-hmm. are just like, I I I don't know. I I think it's ridiculous that they're suing. If I was the judge, I'd throw them out on their ass and make them pay for all the legal fees to like teach them a lesson. Ten bucks they win. Oh, I'm sure they will because like it is a big mix up. I I understand that it's a it's a mix up and but. I don't know. I I don't know that suing is the answer. Yeah. Well, my my dad and mom are both brunettes, and I'm sure when I was born a ginger, they probably weren't shoving back, shoving me back up in there because you know I, they didn't get what they wanted either. So, but they didn't sue. Mm-hmm. So maybe I am. Exactly. Else is, yeah. Well, well, I'd and like I'm to sue the hospital for. I'd like to sue the hospital for not switching me to another family. Shit. How right? do I do that? <laughs> God, I would love to sue them. I want a different family, damn it. Um, on a happier note, um, I did want to, well, actually not happier. Um, I want to bring it back to television for a, a, a small second. Um, 
Doug and I were talking offline. Now, I don't know if you watch this show. <laughs> it's funny. I was going to say, I don't know if you watch the show Dallas, but the name of the show is called Dallas. Um, it really is called Dallas. It's been on TV again. It rebooted three um, three years ago. Yep. And they had a great rating. I mean, not like Gangbuster, not like Walking Dead rating, but decent ratings for a primetime soap. I'm sure comparable to when it first came out back in the, seven, the late 70s, and it was on for, what, 10 or 11 years. It did great, yeah. but the last episode, the season finale was over last last week, and I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe that happened. Come to find out this week, TNT canceled the show. So mm-hmm. everyone is in, like, shock. I don't know how big it is in Canada, but in America, it's kind of like that water cooler type of show. And so we're all uh-huh. kind of in shock right now, and... Um, Doug, what are your thoughts on that, that cancellation? Well, I, I actually, you know, with these short season shows, what I do is I, I download them all, and then I do binge watching. And so I spent last week watching nine hours up until 6 a.m. of this last season of Dallas. So I was all caught up. I watched it all. I watched that amazing explosive finale, and then... I, I'm like, oh, I can't wait till I hope, you know, I hope it gets renewed in October when they do the renewals, and it'll be back in January for the first part of the season, and then, bam, it comes out. TNT cancels it after three seasons. Um, and, and and I just was like, and I mean, I've invested like nine hours last week to watch this whole damn mm-hmm. season, and then then to find out that it's canceled. And it and it's not one of those things where it could have ended like Ringer did, where it it could have ended. This was a open-ended, major, like, three or four twists to lead us to season four. Well, now, Josh Henderson, who plays J.R. Ewing on there, John Ross uh, Ewing on there, uh, he and many of the people, Judith Light and and, uh, Jesse Metcalf, they all are on uh, social media doing petitions to get it to either get a TV movie uh, ending or to be picked up by Netflix or somewhere like that because it does have a huge fan base. You're not talking about a show that just started a couple, three years ago that has no connections. You're talking about a show that's connected to a legacy show the 13 years prior to, and you've got people invested from the season of the series before and the in this series. So it's 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 a big one. I mean, in the pop culture world right now, this is a, this is a big one. Do you watch it, Dallas? Sorry. Um, no. Um, I um, it's online in Canada, and mm-hmm. um, I did start watching season one a couple of years ago, but just because I was in school, I never really had time to, you know, watch it religiously whenever the new um, episodes came out. So um, I've always been meaning to go back and, and watch it because, um, you know, being a soap fan, you know, my Twitter, a lot of people watch Dallas and they say great things about it. So I would still love to go watch all three seasons, but yeah, I, I hope that, you know, the fans get some sort of, you know, Closure. resolution. Mm. And you never know, because, you know, like, you, you have a lot of shows that are canceled, but they have a very strong fan base. And then, they, you know, now they're coming back. Like, you had Arrested Development come back. I don't know if it's still doing new episodes. Sorry, Dallas, we're getting feedback from somebody else trying to get on the line. I don't know who that is. 
Sorry. That is so weird. I hear a totally different voice talk, talking over him. Okay, Dallas, go ahead. They seem to have gone. Uh, but I was also going to say this November, the comeback with Lisa Kudrow. Mm-hmm. I think it had one, maybe two seasons on HBO, like mm-hmm. 10 years ago. And now yeah. this mm-hmm. November is coming back with um, yeah. with another season. So, you know, if the fans are, are vocal enough, I think even right. Lisa will listen. And especially if it, if it turns into like a cult-type following, which I think you know, the comeback and, and Arrested Development sort of had. So mm-hmm. you yeah. never know. Yeah. It does have a cult following. It, it's just so... It, yeah, it's it's very good. So I'm just... I was in shock. But, yeah. Yeah. If ahead, I could Doug. just go back to, to, to uh, Stalker when we were talking about that earlier. Well, yes, it was, it was amazing. And I thought it was fantastic on the edge of your seat. Um, but it's getting, of course, this anything that has violence, people have to jump in on it, and it's getting so much controversy of being ca- called quote torture porn for television, and, and and because of the violence. But if you look at NCIS and CSS, CSI, and all these other you know similar uh, mirrored shows, there's a lot of of violence on television. I mean, that, that of course, this is network. This isn't cable. This is network. You know, but the opening scene for anyone who watched it is pretty much. Uh, a girl trapped in a, uh, a SUV, locked in, covered with gas, and blown up. I mean, it was pretty, pretty intense, don't you think? Uh, um, um, yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> hey. oh. yes, yes, it was. But I hear that Criminal Minds is much more gory. And to be quite yeah. honest, I couldn't stomach watching CSI because that was pretty disgusting. I mean, yeah. if somebody has a heart attack, the camera moves in and sh- and goes into the heart and shows it like stopping and shows the the artery encapsulating and and if their heart explodes, it shows that like that show is disgusting. So to say that this yeah. show is violent uh, compared to <laughs> like I, I don't know, I think that's kind of yeah. odd, but yeah. And just one last thing I wanted to, to see if, uh, you know, I, I know uh, I don't know if you watched or not, but uh, a big hit from Shonda Rhimes has uh, arrived. It's been on two weeks now, and it's actually beat out the new Thursday night football, which is shocking. Uh, but Shonda has pulled out the, the all stops at the brand-new show called How to Get Away with Murder, uh, headed with uh, Viola Davis, who is who has to be nominated this year. And it would be the first female black female to ever be nominated and win, if she would win this. Um, have, did, have you been watching it, David? Well, Terry Washington was the first lead actress. Well, no, not the first. She's been nominated. Actually, it was Diane Carroll. She actually won for Julia back in the 50s or 60s or whenever it was on. She was the first black mm-hmm. actress to win. But I watched the first oh. episode, and I said I'm not watching another one. It was horrible. I did not like it. I liked it up until they showed her personal life. When they showed her personal life, I was out the dough. I can't. Oh, you mean what the, what, what the boy saw him do? What the boy saw her doing right, in, right. in the office? Right. Okay. Right. Um, I right. felt like we've seen that on Scandal, and I don't need to see it again. 
is she is this what black women are to her? She's not like that, so why is she doing that? I I'm all set. And actually gotcha. somebody that I told was like, Oh, you should give it a chance came up to me and said, You know what? You were right. I said, Right about what? I watched two episodes, I'm all set. I don't like the show. I, I love Viola Davis. Love her. Love her to death. But this is not her show. She acts... If anybody watches Law & Order SVU, look at the old episodes. She's an attorney on there, and she's consistently acting just like she does in this series. But they don't show the attorney's personal life. I wish she had a different personal life. Because that would keep me on the show. When I don't care for a main character, that's right, I'm talking to you, Finding Carter, I don't watch the show. I can't, I can't stomach watching a show where I can't stand the main character. I just can't do it. It's not entertainment that's, that's for me anymore. That's okay. That's, I mean, to each their own. I, I love it, and I think she's doing an awesome job, and it's getting really deep. And I think, it's, I think Shonda has a great lineup for Thursday, that's for sure. Oh. And don't get me started on scandal. Oh, God. Did you see the gay the gay sex scene on that one this week? Hot, there's always a gay sex scene on that show. Hot mess. Yeah. I don't know if I'm watching it out of habit or because I actually like it. I can't tell. <laughs> I've given up on Grey's Anatomy because it's just too boring. I can't see that still on the air. It is. And it's on its last leg, I think. Uh, it must be on its last leg. But Nashville, amazing USA. I mean, they actually have a gay character who's not out, and it's played by the delicious, oh, my God, Chris Carmack, who is just so yum malicious. I think he started my obsession with blonde because he is he's just so yummy. Oh, Sorry. I need to put a moment to get there. Up on um, him. Yeah, it's a good show. And Hayden Panettiere is, of course, a little spitfire. But you expect nothing less from her. But we are approaching the hour mark, and I know that Dallas needs to get going. So um, before we sign off, any final words, Dallas? Just it's it's good to be back, and I had missed. Um, dishing with you lovely gentlemen and yeah actually you know what it now I should say I, I won't make next week because it's Canadian Thanksgiving so okay. I'll be out at um, my papa's house so Aww. I'll be back the following week that, we're actually awesome. not going to have a show the following week because I'm moving <laughs> oh that's your moving day right yeah yeah <laughs> It's all it's like rotating here. It's like a rotating shift yeah. here. Uh, now, Dallas, real quick before you go, um, were, when did you get back from Paris? How long have you been back in Paris? Uh, uh, just over a week. Like, I okay. got back. Yeah. Okay, so have you had a chance to catch up on uh, Y&R? Yes. Yeah. And okay. I've, so, as I'm in Canada, I'm a day ahead, so I've seen... Like your guys' Okay, so we can all so I just want to ask one question. <laughs> yeah, we have to, we have two, so that's why I wanted to ask if you got caught up because I didn't want to ask this question. What did you think? And we can even both answer. What did you think of uh, Monday's U.S.'s Monday's episode of the Phyllis's, uh performance to Dallas? <laughs> um, 
Um, I don't know. I I'm still out. I'm on the fence still with um, Gina's portrayal of Phyllis. Like sometimes, I don't know. Like I guess I guess I just keep picturing like how Michelle Stafford would would be playing this, yeah. and maybe that's my mistake. Like I I just need to let that go. But um, I don't know. And like you know when Phyllis fell down the stairs, she had long hair and suddenly she has like this short bob. I'm like, someone should have given Gina some extensions. At least for a little while. And then when Phyllis is normal she can get her hair cut. I don't know. I'm and I don't understand why she's sort of like zombie like. Like I I know that she just woke up from this coma, but it's almost like she's she's not in reality. I don't know. It's it's weird. I I loved Monday's episode for any Sharon and Nicholas fans. Mm-hmm. I think they did a really yeah. really great job for um, you know a long payoff and a long overdue wedding for those two. Um, mm-hmm. You know with the flashbacks and and the tears and and whatnot. So I think Sharon and Noah's speech was amazing. And Noah's speech, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the the whole Phyllis thing. I don't know. Well, I can still, ask you a question about Phyllis. Okay, go ahead. But go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. Finish what you were saying. I was going to say, I still I still don't like um, Caddy McLean as Kelly. I think they've done yeah. a really great job, um, you know, the writer setting up the Jack-Phyllis-Kelly triangle. Like, I think it'll be mm-hmm. great, but I I still miss Cynthia in that role. And yeah. Right. Well, to answer your Phyllis question, I only know this because I know people who had relatives in a coma. You typically don't want their hair long when they're in a coma. You're going to want to cut it. You're going to want to put, you know, lip chap on their lips. You're going to want to make sure their fingernails are, are short. So that's probably what happened. They cut her hair while she was in the coma. Um, because it gets ratty, you have to take care of it, you have to wash it. Short hair is much easier for the nurses to take care of. So that could be why. The reason why she's acting like a zombie weirdo is because they injected her with an experimental drug. She's not supposed to be awake right now. She's supposed to be in this coma. So no one really knows what the effects of the drug are because they've never used this stupid drug before. So... That's how I'm taking it. When the cop came to arrest her, that's when I saw Gina as Dinah as Phyllis. That was the way that she was like, wait. I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. There's Dinah. There's Dinah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And for anybody who doesn't know Dinah, it's Dinah Marler from Gutting Life, who Gina played and won two Emmys for. And she, Dinah is basically Phyllis without children. And... So I know Gina can handle it. The only thing that I wish they did was, and I said this before, the minute they cast Gina, they should have had flashbacks and recreated those famous scenes with Phyllis. They could have recreated the chocolate fountain scene with Sharon. They could have recreated Jack, um, Phyllis giving birth in the elevator with Jack. They could have recreated so much more because I feel like when Jack and Phyllis kissed, it looks like he's kissing his daughter. 
And it's so grotesque to me because they have zero chemistry. I am not rooting for them as a couple. I'm yeah. rooting for Joey, Joey Buchanan and Kelly Kramer to get back together. That's what I'm rooting for. <laughs> Anybody who doesn't know, um, you have to be living under rock. But um, Officer Yummy, Captain Har- yeah. Detective Harding, played Joey Buchanan on One Life to Live, while um, Gina played Kelly Kramer on One Life to Live. So I'd rather them two get together. I don't think they shared a scene together, but I'd rather them two get together than her going to Jack because, yeah. Um, Jack and Kelly, the reason why they're not working for you, Dallas, is because the writers broke them up over everything. Oh, my God, Jack, yeah. I got a hangnail. I can't be with a woman who has a hangnail. Let's pick up. Um, Jack, I was shorter before, but since I've been recast, no, I was taller before, but now that I'm recast, I'm shorter. Well, I can't deal with that. Let's break up. It was, like, ridiculous <laughs> how many times they broke yeah. up. Yep. And it made no logical sense. And the minute they'd break up, they'd get back together. I can't stay away from you. It's like, what is going on? The best yeah. thing they did was introduce Kelly as Stitch's sister and then introduce Maureen, who's never on anymore. But exactly. I love that family. I love that family. And I love how nosy Maureen is and how she called Nikki out. And, oh, I just love it. But um, yeah. it's because of the writers that you don't like Caddy as. Um, Kelly, it's not your fault, Dallas. It's it's the writer's fault. Thank you for that, dear. Yeah. True. And 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 they're just o- overbloating Young and the Restless even more. They just hired Sally Sally Kellerman, who's an iconic uh, actress, to play five episodes as a mysterious grandmother. And then we have Kelly Sullivan from General mm. Hospital coming over as uh, Sage, who I think is going to be part of. Uh, who's the girl that fell down the volcano? I uh, I can't remember her name. Guy. Sharon pushed her down. Sky, I think it's going to be another like not not her, but another you know someone who's going to be involved with 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 Adam. So they're just overpopulating. You know, I know you and I talked about this offline that back in the day there was fifty you know contract players, but it just seems like it's just too much and not enough use with what we've got, and we're getting more. Mm-hmm. Well, also too, um, the thing about Bill Bell is when I started watching Soap in '92. There were 50 characters on the show, and you saw every single one of them every single week. Maybe not every day, but you saw them every single week. You would see Gina at the colonnade room. You would see Rex. You would see Catherine. You would see Esther. You would see Miguel. You would see everybody, John Silva. You would see each and every one of those characters every single week. And there is no way that they could even balance the 30 contract people that they have because the writers are so fickle. They don't know what's going on. They'll they'll write this story and then veer it off. And personally, I wish that the new writer, I'm not going to say his name because he's like Voldemort, I wish that he would write it so that Sharon thought she changed the test result, that she actually didn't because having her go back and have to explain to Nicholas, oh my God, I was in, you know, my bipolar state and I changed the test results. First of all, how do you know how to change a test result? Second of all, are you really blaming the disease on that? That It's a disservice to the disease and it's disgusting. So I kind of hope that there was just like a vision she had, but she really didn't do it. If you ask me, but 
So, yeah. So, sorry. Any final words, Doug? Uh, no, no, this has been great. I'm, I'm so glad to hear Dallas' voice again. And, of course, your uh, Kyle's favorite as well. But I'm just glad that Dallas is back home in his uh, motherland, safe and sound, with amazing memories from his trip with his husband. So, uh, uh, now, is there pictures? Because I don't go on Instagram very much. Did you post them at all anywhere that I can look at? Yeah, just go to my Twitter feed. And any, okay. anything that I posted to Instagram, I put on Twitter, too. So I try to do, Perfect. like, maybe two or three a day. Okay, perfect. I will definitely uh, go back and scroll through it. Well, that's all I have. That's all I'm done with. Okay. Well, thank you, listeners. And, um, yeah, that's it. So thank you guys for being here. Have a good week. Of course. All right. Still thirsty for more tea? Then check out our upcoming and archived shows right here on our Blog Talk radio page. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at The Spilled Tea and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash The Spilled Tea. Thanks for listening to tonight's episode of The Spilled Tea.